Howdy ho, neighbor. It's me. We're back. Um, Red Wings win again. What's the deal? What the fuck is the deal with the Red Wings? Stop winning, guys. We can't even figure that out. When it's time to wave the white flag, when it's time to rally the don't rally the troops. If anything, rally the troops to go home. When it's time to circle the wagons, when it's time to lay down your arms and say, you know what? This year wasn't our year. We'll come back next year and we'll give it everything we got. We can't even lose properly. The Red Wings can't even do what they've found a way to do all year long when it matters. You understand? Every time we needed to win this year, that Ottawa series, you remember that? Couldn't do a thing. Couldn't even look competitive. Forget about winning. And now when it's time, let's lose games. Let's lose games. It helps when we lose. We're beating Bo- or uh, not Boston. We're beating Pittsburgh. We're beating Carolina. We're beating playoff team after playoff team. We're beating team after team who are desperate for points, who are in a playoff race for their lives, who are going to the uh, 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 Little Caesars Arena and going, Detroit, the Red Wings? Oh, we're, we're, we're not going to lose to those fucking guys. Our playoff rates, we're not going to lose to those fucking guys. And we're beating them. For what? For what? For why? Why are we winning all these hockey games? And I am the same guy that says winning greater than sign losing. I agree. Winning is better than losing. And the same shit happened tonight. The same shit happened tonight that we talked about on Wednesday's episode against Pittsburgh. The crowd was fucking electric. Dylan Larkin played well. Everybody kind of... All things considered, taking the Red Wings for what they are in this season for what it's been, kind of buzzing. Guys looking good. Team looking for pretty sharp. Goaltending was good. We're generating scoring chances. Kubalik nets one. Larkin nets one. And then Jake Wallman with a fucking dagger at the buzzer. It's pretty good. LCA, people on their feet. Crowd is electric. They want the guys to rack two points. It's awesome. It's fun. If it was game 40... I'd be all about it. I'd be, uh, uh, we'd be coming on here talking about how we're going to make the playoffs. What's Stevie going to do at the deadline to put this team over the top? If it was game 40, we'd be throwing a fucking parade on this podcast today. It's game what, like 72? Game 73? Like we've hit the point where, guys, we're not going to make the playoffs. We just aren't. We are a bad team, guys. Maybe we're not the worst team, but we're not any of the good ones. We're not in the top half. We're a bad team, guys. If you're not in the top half, you're a bad team. You're either a good team or you're a bad team. Yeah, we're one of the better bad teams. We're still bad, though. Go give yourself a chance to get the player that can give you a generational opportunity to win Stanley Cups. Give yourself a chance. You battled. We got it. It was hard fought 65 games. You're right. Like yeah, most of the season, you guys fought. You tried to get two every night. Elbows out, chins up. You did what you could. It wasn't enough. Sold off at the deadline a little bit. Had a couple injuries, Michael Rasmussen being a big one. And we knew, you know, this isn't the year. Maybe next year we'll make the playoffs finally. Who knows? Maybe it won't be next year either. If things keep going, it probably won't be. But at least we can go into the season and go into the rest of this season saying maybe next year will be the year. Don't start winning hockey games now. And I can't believe I'm saying it. I love winning. I love when my favorite teams win. It's way more fun than when they lose all the time. 
but you can't lose all the time. And then when it gets to the point where, okay, fair enough, you guys are great at this. You fucking lose everything. And then when it gets to the point where it makes sense to keep on losing, don't start winning then. Win when it counts. Win in the beginning of the season. Win in the middle of the season. Win at every single other point throughout the year when it's like, hey, we could use two points tonight. Hey, it'd be great to beat Ottawa at least one of these two back-to-backs. Win in those moments. Don't win when it's like, You could have the 12th best lottery odds, but you won tonight. Now you've got the 15th. Don't win when we're neck and neck. We're splitting the hairs point by point by point. And it goes from you have a 0.8% chance at Connor Bedard. Now you have a 2%. Now you have a 4%. Every single point that we miss matters for a generational talent for what they're claiming is the next Connor McDavid. I know he's a little undersized. That's the big knock against him, but he puts up points like nobody's business. He's absolutely murdered juniors. He murdered, what is it, like the U18 or U19 World Championships for Canada. By all accounts, this kid is the next big thing, and you're not even going to give yourselves a chance at him because we keep winning meaningless fucking games against teams that are actually in playoff battles. I don't need, I don't know. I don't know, dude. We lose all the games that we need to win, and now we win the games that we need to lose. Like, it is cool. I, I agree with you. I agree. For anybody who's anti what I'm saying right now, I agree with you. Winning is more fun than losing. On any given night, if you're going to sit down and watch the Red Wings, the Tigers, any team you like, yes, it's more fun when they win the game than it is when they lose the game. I completely agree. But given the context of the season and where we're at and the fact that we're rebuilding and we need a center and there's a generational talent, and even next to the generational talent, there's Adam Fantilli who could help us quite a bit. All of these different things. Why are we still winning games? Why the fuck are we still winning games? I just – I I don't know, dude. It's It's – I – You can't do it right when you need to. And then when it's time to, hey, you know what? You guys have sucked so bad all year long that we've kind of decided maybe the strategy will be to keep losing. Right when we make that decision, right when it becomes fortuitous to keep on doing what you've been doing, to keep on being inferior, then you decide to figure it out. Then we're scoring goals with three seconds left to beat playoff teams. Then we're shutting out, not shutting out, shutting down. Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and what could potentially be their last playoff run. Where does that come from? Where does that come from? We're trading away Jakob Rana. We're getting rid of Philip Ronick. We're starting Alex Nedeljkovic. And now we start winning hockey games? It's, I don't, it's whatever, I guess. I mean, it's whatever. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not like going to cry myself to sleep tonight that the Red Wings won a hockey game. I'm not going to punch a hole in the wall because we hurt the tanking odds a little bit by beating Carolina. It's just like, it's so perfectly wrong. If that makes sense. Like imagine the Pistons. Thank God the Pistons are bad enough. I mean, they're so fucking bad that they couldn't do that. You could give the Pistons LeBron, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, the ghost of Kobe and Wilt Chamberlain, and they'd still find a way to lose 60 games. I mean, they're that fucking pathetic of a franchise. But it's just, it's so, like, miserably perfect. How the Red Wings all year long were kind of hanging around, 
Every time we get a little bit of momentum, we lose a few in a row. There it goes. We gain it back. There it goes. We gain it back. And then the deadline's approaching. We're kind of hanging around. We win five or five of six or six of seven, whatever that little road trip we went on. We were out west. We were in Canada. We won a bunch of games, scored a bunch of points. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, we're in the wild card race. We got games in hand. We're like a point out. We're talking about the playoffs. We're looking at, do we make moves? Do we stay pat? What do we do here? We kind of got something cooking. And then we've got a back-to-back with Ottawa, and we get absolutely dismantled twice in a row, which is fine. Which is fine. <clears throat> Sell some guys, acquire some picks. Okay, next year's the year. Forget about it. Let's run out the clock on this year. And then you start winning the games. When Connor Bedard's sitting there. It's not like Lafreniere is going to be the first overall pick. Connor Bedard, a guy who's going to be probably a day one NHLer, probably is going to immediately come over to whoever drafts him and play and be valuable and be one of their better players who absolutely will give an NHL franchise way higher odds of winning a Stanley Cup in the next 10 years, who absolutely would fit right in and would accelerate the rebuild Detroit has going, would absolutely bolster the ranks of young talent we already have. We've got guys. We've got guys already with the wings. We've got guys in Grand Rapids. We've still got guys in Europe. And then on top of all those guys, like we might be, we might be okay without Bedard at all. And then on top of all those guys, you're going to throw in a generational talent. Can you fucking imagine what that would be like? Steve Eiserman is <laughs> Steve Eiserman's cranking it, thinking about Connor Bedard. And then we're going to, we're going to score goals. And then we're going to play defense. And then we're going to get goaltending. And then we're going to win hockey games. Then we're going to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. Then we're going to beat the Carolina Hurricanes. I just like, why? <laughs> why? Why is that the fucking case, dude? Why is that how it goes? <laughs> Come on, bro. Why can't we win the games? Why can't we win the games? Why can't we play well when it helps us to play well and win the games? Why can't we beat the playoff teams? When we're in a fucking dogfight trying to make the playoffs, why do we start doing it when it would help everybody involved if we could just keep losing? Why is it then that we start to play winning hockey? Oh, man, I don't. It's just so Detroit. It's so, it's so Detroit. It's so fucking perfect for all of these franchises that it's, it's funny how, how pathetic it is. It's funny how pathetic it is. It's funny how perfect it is. It's funny that we're <laughs> we're living like a groundhog day. Like we're in a never-ending cycle of all of these teams doing the same shit. We think the Lions are going to break the cycle this year. And I I know, dude, every time, <laughs> every time I have a podcast or a video like this, I'll get people that are like, hey, man, like, I like listening to you because you're pretty positive, which thanks. I'm glad I try to be, but like, and I, again, I'm not, it's not like the end of the world here, but it's just so funny. It's so funny that now the Red Wings are beating good teams. It's so perfect because like, if you come here for the positivity, like, yeah, yes, let's be positive. Yeah. The Red Wings won. That's cool. There's a fun game. Jake Wallman, cool goal. Dylan Larkin had a nice goal. Kubalik had a nice goal too. The crowd was electric. Yeah, absolutely. 
it, like you'll be happier down the road if we lose more games. Every single Red Wings fan alive will be happier over the next 10 years if we lose out as opposed to if we somehow won out. That's the fact. So it's so perfect for these franchises who are stuck in everlasting rebuild. The Pistons, the Tigers, the Red Wings, always in a rebuild, always in the basement, always talking about the draft pick, always talking about the lottery, always talking about this young guy who's going to do this, this young guy who should be that, always for the last eight years, Pistons for like a decade and a half. All of these teams, the Tigers, they got hot for like a six, seven run year run there, right? We spent some money. We won some ball games. We went some places before that. The Tigers were a fucking joke too. And all these guys are just stuck in a never ending rebuild. And it's like, you get the chance as the Red Wings. Now, you know, with the luck, who knows what would happen? Obviously Bedard wouldn't be a guarantee. Obviously Fantilli, none of those guys, but you'd have the chance or a better chance at maybe snagging one of them who accelerates this rebuild and maybe puts us over the top in the years to come. And right when that becomes an option, not only an option, but the smartest option, the best option, then we start winning games. <laughs> then we start doing the stuff that teams aren't in a rebuild do. Like we rebuild, 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 rebuild. And then when it's time to do the rebuilding team activity, Winning hockey, winning hockey, winning hockey. Eh, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's fucking perfect that this is how the Red Wings have been playing down the stretch. Winning hockey games. Beat the Boston Bruins not too long ago. Beating the Penguins. Beating the Hurricanes. They just called up Marco Casper, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, Interesting that they called him up. He'll get like eight or nine NHL games, which will be pretty fun. Something for Wings fans to look forward to. But it's funny, like, I can't tell if they're calling him up because it's like, let's – I mean, it, mainly it is let's get Casper a couple games before next season. Just get him a taste of what he's getting himself into. Sure, I like that. I, I'm with you. Same with Edmondson. Both of them, it's like, let's let him play a little bit. You're going to have another offseason, and then this is your full-time gig next year. I'm cool with that. But it's funny, like, I don't even know if bringing up guys like Edmondson – and guys like Casper, if you ask Steve Steve Eiserman, like, is this a winning move or a losing move? Are you making this move to win hockey games, or are you making this move to get a better chance at Connor Bedard? I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know if Marco Casper helps us win, or we'll probably be a little weaker on the back end. We'll probably be a little weaker on the front end, and maybe we lose a couple more hockey games and get a better chance at this talent. I don't know. I don't know which it is. It's pretty cool that'll be there. It'll be fun to watch a rookie. Uh, what was he like the sixth pick last year? Hopefully another guy that's it's like a foundation piece, a cornerstone to this rebuild. Hopefully he's given us ice time, points, big moments, big games in the not too distant future. So that'll be cool. Um, yeah, just the Red Wings, dude. It's like <laughs> came all the way here. We slogged through that entire season. We looked in the mirror. We had the, the come to uh, Jesus moment of like, we're not that good. We're not going to make the playoffs. Let's tank. And then now the fellas start winning hockey games. It's uh, it's not my favorite. Let's take a quick break. I don't even know. I, guess, I mean, I guess we'll talk about the Tigers. 
Lions re-signed Marvin Jones. I, I don't know if I mentioned that on Wednesday. Um, nice signing. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a Lions episode. I want to do a Lions free agency episode. The one team that might break the mold of the continuous rebuild. But hey, as optimistic as I am with the Lions, and I am, I think they'll win the NFC North. I think we're gonna be one of the better teams in the NFC. Period. Um, they still have it on their plate. Like, will they break the mold? We've seen this before with the Lions. Pretty good year. Here comes next year. We're going to be great. We've seen that before. Will they break the mold? Who knows? I think they will. I'm optimistic they will. On paper, everything points to them being able to do so. We'll see. So, like, next week, I think I'll do just a straight Lions free agency video. Uh, because, you know, it's like the Red Wings winding down. We had the deadline. The Tigers just started. I guess we, have it. we had March Madness cooking. Next week, I'll just do a Lions free agency video, but I want to take a quick break. I mean, the Tigers lost today, opening day, 4-0, shutout. Fucking perfect, perfect. Them and the Red Wings, them, handshake emoji, Red Wings, just putting out performances that are so on brand for the fucking failures that they've been since I was in high school. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Believable how perfectly on brand both performances were tonight. What is there to talk about with the with the Tigs? Didn't score a run. Eduardo Rodriguez he pitched okay. Torgelson didn't do fuck. Uh, Austin Meadows had three hits and that's it. And then they lost the game by four and they didn't score. That's there you go. Hundred sixty one more baby. Woo! Tigers baseball. Yeah baby. Quick break. We'll talk a little bit of Michigan football. Michigan football recruiting. I'll probably sprinkle in a little state, just knowing me. Quick break. Look, here's the deal. Michigan football's cooking. Michigan's cooking on the recruiting trail. Uh, Everybody from Ohio, I think, is going to go to school in Ann Arbor in the 2024 class. Everybody from Ohio. Every single kid. Even the guys who don't play football. Like the 5'6", 112-pound mathlete, he's going to go to U of M. Class of 2024, he's going to be a Wolverine. They're taking anybody and everybody from Ohio right now, and you got to give them props. You got to give them props. State fans, I, I've i said it a trillion fucking times on here, dude, so I won't spend much time on it. Um, I'll even see the state fans who are like, he's not even that good, or like, Ohio State didn't want him. Shut up, bro. Shut up, dude. If you're a state fan, Michigan's pulling like a four-star left tackle from Ohio. Michigan pulls a four-star running back from Ohio. Four-star tight. And then it's I'll see a state fan who's like, uh-huh. Ohio State didn't want to. It's like, what are you doing here? You're sticking up for Ohio State. Fuck those guys too. And B, they just pulled the four-star. I don't care if he was from Ohio or Middle Earth. They just pulled the four-star. We'd be throwing a fucking party if that guy committed to Michigan State. It's the weirdest thing. I don't get how any but like how the rivals care at all about either program. And don't get me tw- don't get it wrong. There's plenty of Michigan fans who like Nick that Nick Marsh kid decommits from MSU and like Michigan fans take their kids to fucking Dave and Busters for the day. They're so happy. That's also, it's, what are you doing? Why do you care so much? It's strange. It's strange. Not why do you care so much about Michigan football? Not why do you care so much about your team? You throw in the party because a different team had a kid decommit is just, why? that's just weird. 
you're just too, you're too far gone. And on the flip side, if a team, I don't like Michigan football, if they get a commit from a good player, I'm not like walking around work all day. Like, hmm, hmm, don't ask me. No, I don't want to do work. Hmm, no, I'm not going to do the X. Hmm. No, I'm not going to run the test. Michigan got a player from Ohio that Ohio State even offered. Hmm, I'm going to sulk it pout because Michigan got a player. That's nuts. That's nuts. Or the discrediting, oh, he's not even that good. Yeah, buddy, if he came to your school, he'd be one of the best players in your class. Shut the fuck up. Dude, Michigan football, they're doing well for themselves. I'm a Michigan State guy. I fucking hate Jim Harbaugh. I don't like Michigan football. I can admit that. This, do you guys hear? Hang on. If you, I, if you're watching the YouTube, you can see what I'm doing. I'm rocking back and forth in my chair. If you're just listening, can you hear this? Can you hear that, dude? I have the squeakiest fucking chair in America. This thing's ridiculous, bro. I don't understand how this thing. It's so goddamn squeaky. It's nuts. Let's keep that down there. Oh, it's nuts though. Anyways. Yeah. Michigan's cooking. They're doing a good job. Jim Harbaugh is doing a good job and you expected it. It was funny. Like at the end of that 2023 class, Michigan beat Ohio state for the second straight year. They won the big 10 again. Um, they beat Ohio state. They beat Penn state. Like all these teams that they're directly recruiting against. Obviously, you know, some of these guys you're recruiting against USC, Texas, Alabama, all the other powerhouses. But Michigan was on a roll. All the momentum in the world, back-to-back Big Ten championships, back-to-back wins against Ohio State. And that class of 2023, and I think even looking forward to the class of 2024, people were like, I feel like this should be going better. You know what I mean? I can't. I don't have it pulled up and I don't care to do it. I think their class of 2023 was like 15 or so, somewhere like in the mid teens, I want to say, and people were like, shouldn't this thing be like way fucking higher? Shouldn't this be like a top five class or like top 10 at worst? Now it's looking like this 2024 class. They got the five-star recruit, Jaden Davis. Um, I believe this is going to come out Friday, March 31st. There's 31 days in March. Correct. I believe he's going to commit today. And I believe he's also going to Michigan. So when you're hearing this, They've also just added a five-star quarterback from California or Carolina or one of the coasts. Now it's starting to come along. Now it's like they're capitalizing on their momentum. Now you're starting to see a recruiting class of a team who's won the conference twice in a row. You're starting to see a recruiting class of a team who's whooped Ohio State's ass twice in a row. You're starting to see the recruiting of a team and of a program really um, who's got a good head coach, NFL head coach puts guys in the NFL and dare I say it, dare I fucking say it. They're starting to become the big boys on the block. They're starting to become the team where you looking around at the beginning of the year, who the fuck's going to beat Michigan. Dare I fucking say it? That's how they're feeling. I'm sure they should be feeling that way. I'm a state fan. That's how I feel, bro. If I was Michigan right now going into this year, I'd be like, who the fuck are we going to lose to? Ohio State, it'll be a good game. That's it. You can't go into Ohio State like we're going to kick their ass. Listen, they're still Ohio State. They're still going to have absurd players on their side too. They're still hopefully going to have more of an answer. I mean, you thought this past year they'd have more of an answer. 
although it was a pretty good game and then Michigan kind of pulled away late. But other than Ohio State, Michigan's starting their season this year. I'm sure they're playing a couple JV teams in their non-conference, and then they got the Big Ten. Who in the Big Ten is going to beat Michigan? Who in the Big Ten is Michigan worried of? Who the They probably don't give a fuck about, about Michigan State. Now, they should. It's the rivalry game. We've seen crazy shit happen in that game before, right? MSU, we lost last year. Sour taste. Mel Tucker does kind of have Harbaugh's number, whether you want to admit it or not. You're either going to admit it or you're either going to just not accept the truth. He's 2-1 and one against Jim Harbaugh, so he's got that going for him. But still, Michigan fans, and probably rightfully so, are going to go into that game going, we're going to fucking destroy Michigan State. Penn State, they're not beating us. Every single team, Michigan's looking at going, we're better than these guys. And the crazy part is right now, when they recruit like this, they're getting five-star QBs. They're getting four stars in droves out of the state of Ohio. They're getting running backs. They're getting wide receivers, offensive linemen, defensive linemen. I mean, the offensive line has been their bread and butter for the last couple of years. The reason they've been so successful, the reason all these sheep think Blake Corum's the best player in the country is because they have the best offensive line or the second best offensive line in the country behind maybe Georgia's. Look, Blake Corum's great. Blake Corum's fucking awesome. He's not the best player in the country. Blake Horam at Michigan State last year wouldn't do shit. I hate to admit it to you. Yeah, we would have been better. Yes, our run game would have been better. He wouldn't have done what Kenneth Walker did the year prior. I'm, I, I, I promise you. I promise you he's not that same player. I, I'm telling you. I watched Michigan this year. I watched Kenneth Walker the year before. I watched MSU this year. Blake Horam's very good. He's very explosive. He's good at making people miss. He's not on the same level as a guy like K-9. I don't even think he's on the same level as a guy like Bijan Robinson. Okay. Michigan has an elite offensive line they have for the last two years. And that's okay. Michigan fans. I've said that before and people get so defensive. Fucking MSU Homer. It's not a slight at Blake Corum. Um, it's a compliment to the offensive line. Like he doesn't need to do what Kenneth Walker. Now maybe he can do it. Maybe he can do it. Maybe he can turn a four-yard loss into a six-yard gain the way Kenneth Walker did regularly for MSU. Like, But the thing is, when I watch Blake Corm, when I watch him play, he runs through a massive hole. Maybe he makes a guy miss in the open field, and then there you go. He's fast, and he can make a guy miss in the open field. Absolutely. Kenneth Walker did shit that didn't make sense. He cut back in the lanes you never saw. He made guys miss when he was moving backwards. Like He did crazy shit with the ball in his hands. It's no disrespect to Blake Corum. It's more so respect to that offensive line and the fucking machine U of M has going up front. That's why they've dominated. You repl- you swap Michigan and Michigan State's offensive lines last year. Michigan isn't beating Ohio State. Michigan isn't beating um, Illinois. Michigan, I don't know what would have happened in the state game because all they did to us was run it for four yards of play. And we couldn't do shit because our offensive line sucked ass. You, Who knows what would happen in that Michigan-Michigan State game. Um, they for sure, for sure don't make the college football playoff. They for sure don't make the Big Ten championship. If you swap, you still have Blake Corum. You still have the best player in the country. You're going to lose like three games. If Michigan State and Michigan swapped offensive lines last year, U of M's losing three games at least. That's how bad ours was. That's how good theirs was. It's the most important position group 
probably in the game for sure on the offense, far more important than whoever's running it. Like you think, I know Donovan Edwards, really high recruit. I know he's a really good player too. You think it's an accident that when Corum went down, Donovan Edwards, Donovan Edwards came in and just like did better. Like you think that you just have two Kenneth Walkers. Do you think that you just have generational running back after generational running back? Your entire running back room is the best player in the country. And I'm not trying to be an asshole. I know it's coming off that way. But it's just that offensive line is that fucking good. So it makes sense that now they're recruiting guys from Ohio. They're recruiting six, seven left tackles. That would be Ohio State Buckeyes every single year up until now. It makes sense they're going to Michigan. If you're an, if you're an offensive lineman, Anywhere in the country, forget the Midwest. Why would you, unless you're going to Georgia, why would you not go to Michigan? Unless your parents are like an alumni of somewhere else, or you grew up rooting for somebody else, or you got a fat bag of NIL money, why wouldn't you go to Michigan? You're going to get developed. You're going to be part of an elite unit. You're going to be great. You're going to get drafted. Why would you not go to Michigan? It's a fair point. And they're, 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 Listen, they're capitalizing. They're doing a great job. It sucks as a state fan. It sucks. I'm praying on the downfall, obviously. And I'm just sitting here like they're fucking insulating themselves from the downfall even more. <laughs> that blows. How are they gonna down- how are they gonna have a downfall if 2024 is gonna be the best recruiting class Jim Harbaugh's ever brought in? When's the downfall happen? It sucks. But credit to them. They're doing a great fucking job. And my guys aren't doing shit. My guys couldn't recruit me to buy a new pair of New Balances tomorrow. <sighs> My guys, Mel Tucker and the boys up in East Lansing would have, would have had trouble recruiting me out of high school. I didn't get one letter from a college. Never got one phone call. Never went to a single camp. They'd have trouble convincing me to go play football in Michigan State right now. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. In case you haven't noticed, everybody else is doing it. Fucking figure it out. We got two guys. We got a corner from Tennessee. We got a corner from Florida. Who knows if either of them will be in the class when it's all said and done. Yeah, they're both four stars. Yeah, they're cool out-of-state players. The guy from Florida is like a borderline top 100 player. That's great. Nick Marsh, top 100 player, wide receiver from River Rouge. He just decommitted. He's hanging out at Auburn now. He's taking all these different visits. SEC, what's Georgia got for him? Maybe Ohio State. You think he's going to come back to Michigan State? I hope, wouldn't count on it. Would be very surprised if Nick Marsh ends up playing college football at Michigan State University. Would be very surprised. Meanwhile, Michigan's stacking up Ohio four-star after Ohio four-star. Michigan's bringing in five-star quarterbacks. One of our QB targets, Jake Merklinger, just committed top 100 player, just committed to Tennessee. Meanwhile, MSU, Mel Tucker, the boys are standing around going, keep chopping. Keep chopping the ball, the ball, the ball. Spartan dogs. Fucking do something. The class of 2024 is working. In case the folks up at state haven't noticed, everybody else is recruiting. Everybody else is making moves. Everybody else is making their football team better, improving their classes, building for the future, fucking refilling, reloading their roster with talent. Uh, something that we need to do badly, something that we need to do, not only refill, we need to bring in a talent level beyond what we have already. It's not enough to just remain the same. 23rd class, 22nd class, 25th class. 
It's not enough to just remain the same. We got to go up another notch. We got to break 19th, 17th. We got to grab, let's get into the top 20. It's time to start bringing in talent. The class of 2024, there aren't guys that are going to spawn. New recruits aren't joining the class anytime soon. You're not going to be able to go build a four-star wide receiver in a fucking test tube. Like, what are, what are we waiting for? Our entire thing in the 2023 class finished 23rd overall. We had like 18 commits. Everybody else and their mothers had like 21, 22, 23, 24 guys. We had 18. Still pretty good. It finished um, 23rd overall. If we had had like three more guys, it probably would have been a top 20 class. Who knows? It might have been like 17th, 16th. Who knows? Did we not learn our lesson from the last cycle? We took too long. We waited around, sat on our fucking hands, waiting for guys that might just maybe, I don't know, they could like MSU, but they might not. We'll see. Where? What are we waiting for, guys? What the fuck are we waiting for? Go recruit somebody. Go get somebody to commit. I got, I'm scrolling Twitter today and people are like celebratory tweeting that David Stone, the five-star defensive tackle from Oklahoma, these get, people are celebratory tweeting that David Stone announced he's going to visit MSU for the spring game. Who gives a fuck? That's where we're at right now. That's how the class of 2024 is going. Don't tell me that shit. Michigan's pulling guys left, right, and center. Ohio State's Ohio State. Penn State, God love James Franklin. He's got a Big Ten championship. They've always recruited well. Wisconsin just got Luke Fickle. Minnesota, they got P.J. Fleck. Like, it, Nebraska just got Matt Rule. It's not getting any easier. Notre Dame's not too far away. It's not getting any easier to recruit in our region, let alone in the country. What the fuck are we waiting for? I don't understand. Go get some guys. Our whole thing in the last class was waiting too long. No backup plans. Guys didn't commit, and then we're shit out of luck, and there we go, 18 only. Uh, well, when we need numbers, we need bodies, we need talent. What the fuck are we waiting for now? I don't want to get angry because it is still early. Who knows? We might end up with 70 guys in this class, each of them a four-star or higher. Who knows? Um, but it is it is a little frustrating to see the Crosstown rival U of M go just dominate the recruiting trail. Meanwhile, we're losing commits. <laughs> We're losing guys, not only commits, but Nick Marsh, in-state kid, top 100 player, um, and a guy who it seemed like was a lock. His mom's tweeting about MSU. It seemed like this dude was going to come play for Mel Tucker and was guaranteed going to be putting on the green and white. Now he's gone, and it's like, why the f He's not coming back. How often does that shit happen? Guy decommits and recommits and goes to your school. That shit's not happening, bro. Michigan's pulling five-star QBs. We're losing four-star wide receivers. I don't know. That's all I got. Appreciate you guys watching. Appreciate you guys listening. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. I don't know if I, I think I maybe might drop a shirt this weekend. I don't know. Appreciate the support. We'll, we'll catch you guys next time.